This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening, good evening. Good to see you here. God bless you. Our first Wednesday night of the, the new year, so I'm glad you're here. Bless all of you. Again, if you're a visitor, we're glad you're here. If you're a regular, I'm glad you're here. If you've got a Bible, go with me. The book of Matthew, chapter 6, is where we'll begin. Give you an opportunity with your tithes and your offerings. If you're watching by live stream, we are glad you are watching tonight. God bless you. Again, I know there's many of you that still have family members that are battling issues with COVID, uh, some with even the area of death. So we pray blessing over you, and we love to hear your prayer request. We'd like to get in agreement with you and pray with you. All right, we're going to begin in Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So literally what he's talking about is he said, it's about material wealth. And when you put all your, your marbles in on material wealth, it's ultimately going to lose its value, okay? No matter what it is. And so he's, he's given us a warning here. Don't do that. And then in verse 20, he says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. I got off there a little bit. And so he gives us just the other analogy. And so what happens is I'm either going to invest in this thing of the earth, or I'm going to bless in eternity. Now, many of you have IRAs, but I don't know if any of you have an ERA. And an ERA is an eternal retirement account. And the only way you build your eternal retirement account is the things you do right here on earth. And so Jesus is right here as he's given us insight. And so again, I, I think it's very important that we heed it. And I have to ask myself this question. What am I investing in? The things of this world or the things of eternity? And God always blesses the things of eternity in a great way. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, we ask you to bless our evening here. Bless all the hands that give. And Father God, again, we pray that you, you bring the chaos back into order in our land right now. Bless our evening together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I like to start the new year, actually the whole year on Wednesday nights, really on the area of faith. I believe it's very important right now. So if you got a Bible, look in the very part of the Old Testament there in Genesis chapter 12. That's where we'll start when we get there. And I believe this with all of my heart that there will be, be consequences. There are consequences and there will be consequences for not fully trusting God in every area of our life. And so I, I encourage you in your life, cling tightly to the things of God. Cling tightly to the Word of God. That's why it's important that you learn to get in your Bible. Make it a habit to get into the Word of God. Hebrews 10.38 says, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, this, this is more than just the faith leading to salvation. And so what you find out that faith is crucial to our daily existence. A, a settled faith, a, a firm faith, and biblically... Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. So again, I, I better get all the faith that I can get. Now, the Lord Jesus said this in John 10, 10. He said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, 
and destroy. One of the greatest things that the devil comes to steal is one of the greatest elements of our spiritual walk, a thing called faith. And when I talk about faith, it's, it's really our dependence on God. And so the, nev- the devil knows that our faith is our lifeline to God. And so he will do everything in his power to sever your and my faith connection to God. I don't care who you are. That is his goal in there. Because again, he knows without faith, you're not going to please God. So this is one of the reasons I'm really, really going to dig in here on this. So if you got your Bible, look with me in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Now he's saying this because he knew there were family members that would hold him back from from really ever walking in the things that God had for him. Now I'm going to highlight with Abraham here because Abraham is known as the father of faith. So this is the first thing that God tells him to do and he says, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now when God says this to Abraham, all that Abraham or the all that Abraham had or the only guarantee that Abraham had was this promise. That was it. Nothing more. If you notice, God didn't say, I'm going to give you a a credit card or a badge or some type of certificate. God just gives him the word of God. And God says, this is my promise to you. This is my desire for you. So literally what he's talking about here is he's giving him the pathway of faith. Now, for time's sake, go with me to the book of Romans chapter number four. Romans four, and the reason I say for time's sake is because if you ever study the Bible, you realize... Abraham did it. He walked in the the very blessings that God told him he would. So it tells me a couple things that Abraham had to believe God and he had trust God, but he continued to believe God and he trusted God over and over. And so the reason I'm taking you to Romans 4 is the apostle Paul, he has a writing about Abraham. He gives us a little bit more insight of what Abraham went through to get to this. And this was an easy venture. So in Romans 4, look at me in verse, or with me in verse 20. He, talking about Abraham, he did not waver or stumble at the promise of God through unbelief. He never stopped believing God. So he gives us an, an insight there. He says, The way we waver is when we get into unbelief. Unbelief is nothing more than than doubting what God has told us. Now, what I find in my life, the more I get into the word of God, God gets into me, and the more he gets into me, there becomes an assurance within my life, God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And I love that about Father God. And so he tells us, Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So the strengthening in faith was 10 years. 10 years of waiting. 
And Abraham's faith, rather than growing cold or weak, it grew stronger while he continued to glorify God. Now, think about this just a second. Ten years. Ten years of day by day saying, I believe what you said, Father God. I believe what you said. I can tell you this personally in my life. I can get a little frustrated after about a minute or two. I can get a little anxious after a, a, a few hours. But I believe this is one of the highlights of Abraham, and this is why he's called the father of faith, is because he stuck with it. He, he hung on to the promise. How do you know he hung on to the, problem, the promise? Verse 21. And being fully convinced... And, and being fully convinced. Now, I highlight fully. He didn't say he was a little bit convinced or partially convinced. He, he wasn't just convinced on the good days of his life. He was fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. His faith right here wouldn't or couldn't be Undermined. He knew, I'm going to trust God. Now, when I read this about Abraham, that his faith was fully convinced, I would venture to say if I pulled us in here tonight, every one of us in here would say, I would really like to have that kind of faith. But it wasn't that easy. When I talk about that, this kind of faith do doesn't come overnight. And this kind of faith doesn't come easy. And literally when I study Abraham's life, he went through test after test after test. Actually, there was at least 10 tests. And there were even failures. He failed and he failed and he failed. But you know what did you find out about failure? It's just what the, uh, the, the Proverbs say in uh, uh, Proverbs 24. A righteous man may fall. Seven times, but he gets back up. He keeps getting back up. He keeps dusting off his spiritual hands and saying, Father God, I believe you, I believe you. And so I highlight this as we start this new year. You're going to have to get back up. You're going to have to keep standing and keep looking to the things of God unlike any other time in your life. And I believe God loves that type of faith. That when you just continually persevere, let me ask you right now, is there some of you in here that are believing something or have been believing God for something more than five years of your life? Raise your hand. His hand's going up. Does anybody in here believe God for things for more than 10 years of their life? How about 25 years? <laughs> How about 40 I've literally believed God for certain things in my life for 40 years. And you say, well, why hadn't it happened? Well, I believe it's probably God's timing. That I believe in my life that Father God knows best when it's the best time to release stuff into my life. You know, there's times in our life that you may be praying for things and God knows if he was, able, if, if he was to give that to you right now, there's a good chance you would backslide. You'd quit serving him. You know why? Because you don't have the kingdom stability within you to stay with it. 
you would leave. And so again, there's times in my life, I don't understand everything. And I said, everything that takes place in the kingdom of God. But I've said this many times, even recently. I don't need to see Jesus to believe in him. I believe in Jesus, but I sure would like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with him and ask him some questions why certain things happen and why certain things don't. Not, not to question him, but just to say, Father God, I'd kind of like to know. Now, on these lines of, of trusting God and staying with it through tests and trials, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want you to see what Peter has to say about going through tests and trials because they're going to happen to us. And so many times we view them as negative when they're not always negative. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Let me get to 1 Peter. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Who are kept by the power of God through salvation. Now that word kept there actually is a military word that means to guard or protect against the enemy. How are we to be protected or kept? By the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And so you begin to see here that, that the mighty power of God and my faith keeps me on track. Verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. You will have to put up with the grief of many trials, many difficulties, many persecutions. So to have faith, it isn't gained easily. And so what Peter's doing here, he's encouraging believers to endure the trials of our faith. I believe he's saying, stick with it. Don't give up. Even when you're in the midst of trials, the Amplified says it this way, who are being guarded by God's power, through your faith until you fully inherit that final salvation. So I begin to look at the trials and the things that we go through that all are there to, to, to test your faith. And you know in Isaiah 43 too, it says this, that when you pass through the waters, he'll be with you. And you walk through the fire, he'll be with you. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. He said, when you walk through the fires, when you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. He didn't say for you to go around. And in this passage right here in Isaiah 43 too, he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to split the Red Sea. No, he specifically said, when you go through things, you're going to go through things. But remember this, he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm, I'm going to be with you. And so I know 2020 and even right here in the early 20, people are going through things. If I was to ask a raise of hand, how many of us today are going through some things? It'd probably be every one of us. And it may look different, but we're all going through things. Just hang on to God, okay? Keep looking to God. Don't, don't get mad. Father God, why am I going through this? God is moving you into area to prove your faith. And he goes on to say in verse 7. Now listen to this. 
that the genuineness of your faith, the, the, the sterling core of your faith. Now, when I'm going through these trials, you, you see what he said? It, it is literally into in purifying or molding me with a genuine faith. And so he says, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Again, it's another earthly thing. But he said, compared to gold, it's going to perish. But your genuine faith is what he's talking about here. He says, though it is tested by fire. It is tested by fire. This is the proving of your faith. It is tested by fire. And it may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what he's talking about here is that when the genuineness of your faith is tried by fire, it's being proved if it's really authentic. If it's the, the real deal, proven character. And what God's desire for every one of us is this, that we have an unshakable faith. That not, not, no matter what's thrown at us in this world, and I don't give up on the things of God. I keep looking to God. Now, if you've watched the news at all in our land right now, about 50% of our nation is very, very happy about a president, and about 50% is very unhappy. But I can tell you this right now, no matter if you were happy or unhappy, you better learn to look to God still. Don't, don't get your eyes off of God. And, and I believe even in our land right now, this, this is the desire of God to say, trust me. Look at me. Keep your eyes on me. You know, Hebrews 12, 1 or 12, 2 says, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I got to keep my eyes focused on Jesus and the word of God and, and watch what God will do. Now, if you got your Bible with me, I want you to go to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I'm going to make a couple comments right here, and I believe they'll help you as you're turning to Mark 5. When people, me or you, when we break down in our behavior or we backslide into sinful living, or we, go, we grow cold in our, our walk with the Lord. It's because our faith broke down first. Almost every time it points to this, if not every time. What do I mean that our faith broke down first? Well, what is my faith made up of? The word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the reason my faith broke down... I quit getting into the word. And if I quit getting into the word, that means I've probably quit praying unless I'm in crisis. And so one of the highlights of this is I've, I've got to get back to the word of God. I, I've got to get back to that on a daily basis. Where's that, where's that found biblically? Well, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, what I find out with every one of us in this room, we're very disciplined to eat three meals a day, usually, 
and sometimes with a couple snacks in between. Sometimes more than a couple. And so guess what? With this guy's belly right here, you don't have to tell me when to eat. I know when to eat. My stomach starts growling. I realize it's time to eat. Or sometimes we're so trained that it's like clockwork. We don't even have to look at our watch. We know it's noon because my tummy's telling me. And so again, we've, we've learned to train our physical man. But what about obeying what Jesus said in our spiritual man? That I've, I've got to get into the word unlike any other time in my life. And I'll just start and say this. The, the great evangelist, Miss Wigglesworth, said this for years. He said, we feed our natural man one, uh, three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. I challenge you this year to, to start getting into the word. And when I mean getting into the word... Get in the word for quality, not quantity. Get in the word where you read it and after you read it, man, you're like a cow when you start chewing on it like your cud and you begin to, to meditate on it and you begin to think, I get what that said. How many have ever read the Bible before? You read a whole chapter and if you, after you got done, if someone said, what'd you just read? You'd say, I don't know. Have you ever been there? I have. And so one of the things is start reading where it, became, it becomes meat and food to me, but also get in translations that you can really understand in your daily reading, okay? And if you want me to highlight some of those, I can tell you. Ooh, let me, let me just do. The Passion Translation is incredible. The Message, the Amplified, the New International Version, the New American Standard, um, the Tree of Life is a good one. So again, there's all kinds of versions that you can get in to read that'll feed your faith, okay? So we start here in the book of, of Mark, chapter five. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. You know, when you, when you study the life of Jesus, sometime in your study, mark how many times it talks about the crowds and the multitudes. Everywhere he went, there were multitudes. And even in this passage, there was. Verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at Jesus' feet. So I begin to picture this. We know there's crowds, people everywhere. And he had to push his way in to get to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus' Feet, he, he bows. He bows out of respect. He bows out of worship. It's, it's an, a, a form of saying, you're Lord, you're Savior. I look to you. And so he bows at the feet of Jesus. In verse 23 it says, and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now this was Jairus' request to Jesus. Come and heal my daughter. Come and lay your hands on her and she'll not only be healed but she'll live. I think about this just for a minute. 
Watch Jesus' response. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him or pressed against him. So when I read here that Jesus went with him, by going with Jairus, you know what that says? Okay. Okay. I'll do what you ask me. Now, Jesus didn't look at Jairus' request and say, are you crazy? Who do you think you are to ask me? Jesus doesn't do any of that. This man comes and bows before the king of kings and asks him to heal. And Jesus says, let's go. Let's go. So he's on his way to Jairus' house. Now, I'm going to paraphrase here just for a little bit. And he runs across, uh, across a lady who's needing a touch from heaven. This is called the woman with the issue of blood. I encourage you to read this. And so he runs across this woman who has this issue of blood for 12 years. And in that 12 years, it says she spent all her money on doctors, but rather grew worse. You know what that means? She exhausted all her finances to get healed, but no one could cure. And then the passage says, but she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. And so you got to read the rest of the story on your own. Because she gets healed, but it's incredible how it takes place. So Jesus gets hung up on the way to Jairus' house. Now, same chapter, verse 35. And while Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus' house, who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? The implication of that statement is that Jesus can only heal those who are sick, but he can't raise the dead. So just for a second here, let's say that you're Jairus. And you're on your way to your house with Jesus to heal your family member. And all of a sudden, the people from your own house come and say, your child's dead. Do you stop? Do you quit? Do you excuse Jesus and say, I know you're busy, go and do other things. What do you do? Don't trouble the master any longer. What would you do? And so Jesus, he overhears the conversation. He hears everything they say. Verse 36. And as soon, as soon, immediately as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Immediately he says, don't be afraid. Why did he say that? Because he knew immediately if he didn't jump in there, that fear would overtake him. And fear is always the direct opposite of faith. And he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. The New Living Translation says, just have faith. The Amplified says, keep believing. Only had faith. Keep believing. Now, Jesus heard the exact words that Jairus heard. 
But the same words that Jesus heard, it didn't move him or it didn't shake him. Didn't bother him a bit. So if it didn't move Jesus, you know what that shows me? Even in crisis, Jesus' promise never change. They never change. And so what I found out in my life, and I believe this is similar with you, that things that you see and things that you hear have the ability to get you into doubt and unbelief. And what you hear in the natural has the ability to override everything in the spiritual realm. And so I've got to get to a place in my life, just because I hear something in the natural, I want to hear with my spiritual ears. I want to see with my spiritual eyes that if it didn't move Jesus, it shouldn't move me. And so I must hear Jesus' promises. So what he's talking about here, the importance of faith in the midst of crisis is underscored here. Just because you get a bad report, I got to come to a place in my life. Do I choose to believe the report of the Lord? Or does it move me off of that? Now, you're real close. Turn to Mark 11. Just a couple pages. Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus said, have the God kind of faith or have faith in God. He said in, in verse 23, he said, Whosoever will say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Now, these passages of scriptures for, for one year, every day except Saturday and Sunday, I heard Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. Every day. Every single day. And it was at the Bible school that I went to. And this was put in me over and over and over. Now, watch verse 24, okay? And when you start in verse 24, you're going to see the word you five times. So the subject is you, okay? And when I see you five times, you know what the Lord Jesus is telling us? You got to get this, okay? This is for you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you asking when you pray? You know what this tells me? I need to be very precise with what I'm asking and I'm praying. Better stated, be careful little mouth what you pray. See, none of us in here desire bad. None of us in here desire sickness and disease. But oftentimes I hear people pray that. But when he said here, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I want to refresh you just a minute. In Mark 5, 23, Jesus at, or Jairus asked Jesus, he said, 
Come lay your hands on my daughter that she may be healed and live. Did you catch what his prayers were? He asked Jesus, Jesus, come lay your hands on my daughter and she will be healed and live. Now in that passage that we read in Mark 5, I didn't end the verse or the whole passage. But when he finds out that that Jairus' daughter is dead and Jesus says, just believe, Jesus strolls up to Jairus' house. And some came out and Jesus said, she's just sleeping. He knew she was dead. And they ridiculed and mocked him. And Jesus went in there and grabbed her by the hand and said in Hebrew, arise, little girl. And she got up and did exactly as what he said. And the Bible says she was 12 years old. And so what I see right here is a guy who acted on Mark eleven twenty four. Something happens when I just believe the word of God and I stay with it. And so even through his prayers... The devil tried to short-circuit his faith by giving him the bad report. Now, when I get a bad report, just because I get a bad report, doesn't mean it's over. The Bible is proof of this. And so what Jesus looks for here, guys, is a trust and a confidence. And remember this. Circumstances never move Jesus. Only faith did. How do you know that? Remember what the the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 8 about the centurion? He said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And then on the boat with his disciples, when they were freaking out, he said to them, come on, ye of little faith. And then there was a time he said to his disciples, why do you have no faith? And so over and over in the New Testament, I begin to see what Jesus said about our faith. So what's the result of a person that has great faith? Man, he comes to a place in his life where I believe what the Word of God says. I believe what Jesus says. No no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. And I got to get to this place in my life. And so I'm just telling you, Jairus wasn't exempt from trials and uh, uh, tests, and neither will we be. And so what are you going through right now? Some of you say, Pastor, I feel like I'm in quicksand. All I got out of the sand is about a half a nostril. Well, you still got breath. Stir back up, get get back in the word and begin to find scriptures that pertain to your life and stand on them and stand on them. And what I mean by stand on them, speak them and quote them and pray them and believe them. Unlike any other time in your life. I'm gonna end with this thought for you, okay? A a couple, uh, probably a month or so ago, maybe a little longer, we were on our Sunday morning series, The Blessing, and I got over on um, 2 Chronicles 4.10 with the the man named Jabez. And Jabez had this prayer. And he said this out of his mouth. He said, Father God, 
I ask you to bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand be upon me, that you keep me from evil and I cause no pain. And the last part of verse 10, you know what it says? And God granted his request. God granted his prayers. And God will grant our prayers. So I'm off of that, man. I'm studying that. I'm studying that. And I've been, I've been speaking that. I've been praying that. I said, Father God, I thank you. Right I welcome you to bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. It's become an expectation. Bless me with peace. Bless me with joy. Bless me, Father God, and enlarge my territory. Now, whether that's your business, whether that's your livelihood. So you know what I've been saying right here? Father God, I pray right now. You enlarge our territory in the area of salvations and rededications. Now, if you've been here in the last month, I don't think there's a service on Sunday morning. We had not had people born again. I, I get so lit up with it. I think, man, God, you are answering my prayer. And you keep me from evil. You keep me from evil one. Really, that's Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 13. And deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation and deliver me from the evil one. Let me ask you right now. Do you struggle in any area of your life? Yes, we do. It's okay to admit it. I do. And so if there's areas of your life, I challenge you to start praying that. Father God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Whatever the temptation is, Pastor, you have temptations every day. And so I've been praying. I'm telling you, God is moving in my life and his hand be upon me. Strategically move me, Lord, and that I cause no pain. So I tell you those things. Why am I telling you that? All I'm doing is I'm agreeing and I'm praying the word of God. I'm just believing what God's already said. So again, anytime you find, start praying it. Start speaking, start believing it, and then have that bulldog faith like Jairus did there in Mark 5. Don't give up, okay? Don't give up. Stand, stand. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Just believe. And, and so listen, every time you get in a pickle or a crisis or a trial in life, just look at it through Jesus' point of view. Just believe. Just believe. And so since I've read those scriptures for days now, there's times in my life I said, Lord Jesus, just grace me to believe. Just grace me to believe. Why don't you stand up here? You guys are a quiet bunch. I hope you're thinking. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven if you feel comfortable doing that. Father God, we, we call out to you tonight. Lord, and the ones in this room that are going for, through incredible trials and battles right now, and that may be you. Father God, we pray fresh grace and mercy on them. We pray kingdom strength. Lord, actually, we pray Joshua 1 over everyone in this house right now. Be strong in the Lord and of good courage. Lord, grace in this house right now. Speak the word. Meditate on the word. Do the word. And you walk in prosperity and good success. And we thank you for that right now. And Father God, I pray right here, Lord, that, that you move in hearts here. That, Lord, ones that have thought about giving up, and Lord, you're strengthening them right now. Move in our midst today. And, Father God, we ask that you grace our faith, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And we look to you, we lean to you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.